You're not getting it. Are you new here? Hey, uh, and you're coming home with me. Ah! Anyway, you know. Thank you so much, Brian, for bringing over tortillas <laughs> and tamales. I am so fucking happy right now. My God, we came home and there were there was one bag on the counter, and it was just filled to the brim with homemade fucking tortillas, homemade tamales, homemade candy, just like the whole nine yards. And Taylor and I were shaking our ass in the kitchen, and then she forgot her work laptop, and then we had to run back to the office. Literally looking like homeless people. Sorry for tormenting you, Matthew. We didn't mean to, like... Scare you? Be seen in our PJs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, uh, it's been a a week. It's it's Wednesday. (laughs) But, you know, what what can you do? What can you fucking do? Well, you could drink. Well, maybe not you. You can drink tea. I'm drinking a Coca-Cola currently. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. So, uh, I actually decided that it was my turn. Crazy. Considering, you know, the amount of, <laughs> the, the amount of, uh, okay, so this Taylor is done. But I, I did, I had a, I had a spare time on my break and I just went to town. So I have a couple locked and loaded, ready to shoot aim and fire at you okay i'm down are you down yeah uh chest only though Ah. you said shoot aim and fire yeah girl i'm not doing chest area oh my my chest only disagree pelvis absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) um but so i i don't know where i thought of this found this whatever but I was scrolling, looking for cases, looking for things to do. I've been really into Dark History by Bailey Sarian recently. Yeah. And I was like, maybe there's something creepy in history that, like, not a lot of people know about. And as I was diving deeper into it, I realized just the sheer fuckery Mm -hmm. (laughs) that occurred. (laughs) Um, so I used Ultimate History Project, Crime Museum, Psychology Today. Um, I didn't know there was a Wikipedia for serial killers. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that. That was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so we're talking about, good God. I'm eating. Clearly. We are talking about baby farms. Sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hate you. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is this kind of only happened in the later half of the 19th century or like the, with a story. Sure. It's taking place in the 19th century. It is referred to a person, usually a woman, mm-hmm. who took in and cared for children of other women. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it's kind of think of it almost as foster care. Yeah. In that sense. Um Sorry, my boyfriend took a COVID test and I was waiting to see if it was negative or positive, but we're good. Is it positive? It's a negative. Fuck you, Kale. <laughs> I wish it was positive. <laughs> <laughs> Time to work. Um, okay, sorry, I don't know why I was still clicking. Um, but anyway, it's like a fosterage of children that had a long history, but it also ex- 
um, exploded both as an industry and a subject of concern. Um, before the advent of safe and reliable contraception, many women found themselves pregnant with children they couldn't care for. Sometimes um, with the social st stigma of an unwed mother, they had to... It was like an illegitimate child. Yeah. Yeah. So they paid for a caregiver to take care of it. And the, for those who, for those families who do not have the means to pay for such an arrangement, the situation was a lot more complicated. Throughout the Victorian era, era the most common form of employment for young women was in domestic services. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, was in domestic service. Servants, however, were usually required to live with their live in their employers' homes and were unable to have children live with them. The wages they earned as servants made it possible for them to pay other women to care for and raise the infants. The women who took in these babies did not regard yeah. themselves as the baby farmers. They would call themselves nurses or foster moms. Yeah, I would hope they wouldn't just like straight up be like, "I'm a baby farmer. I'm a baby farmer." Um, the system worked well in theory. Mm -hmm. In in theory for both participants. The mother was free to... Who's theory? I don't know. I think I he works know. downstairs in accounting. <laughs> um, <laughs> the mother was free to earn money that she used to pay the child's care as well as her own expenses. So also, like, the way, the way that it's talking about it makes made me think of it more, like, as a daycare. Mm. You know? Okay. Because, like, you take your kid to a daycare... You pay them, yeah, and then you also pay off your own shit. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't have kids. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, we leave our children at home in crates. There are dogs. I don't leave mine in crates. Mine just rampage and eat the couch. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> mine's in a crate, so she doesn't eat the couch um, or my bed. But the nurse, in turn, earned a small weekly sum for herself while remaining at home and caring for her own family. Such a nurse might take in more than one child for. Was it just RNs that took in kids? Was it just what? RNs and, like, nurses that took in kids, or was These it, These like aren't actual nurses. Okay. <laughs> so, do you know the term wet nurse? Yes, I do. It's, think of it like that. Okay. It's more that sense of it. Yeah. Because um, this is also the Victorian era. There aren't... Sure. RNs, technically. Um, the system... They weren't registered. They weren't registered. <laughs> <laughs> um... She, the nurse might take in more than one child for paid care to increase her income, though. So this form of childcare did not raise concerns for many years. Fosterage and wet nursing had long played a role in English child rearing. Many married middle-class parents placed their youngest children with a wet nurse in a country setting for the infant and toddler years. Jane Austen, who you might know. Do you know Jane Austen? I've heard of Jane Austen. I don't personally know her. We're the lady. Shh. No. No, babe. She no. <laughs> Who certainly did not come from an impoverished background, lived her first few years in the village in the village home of her nurse. A home in the countryside was widely regarded as healthier for very young children. In fact, throughout the 19th century, a child, a country childhood, was a healthier childhood. Rapid industrialization. Oh my god, industrialization has made the city life unpleasant and unhealthy, air quality, you know, the whole thing that they struggled with the 19th century that is now struggling with us. Suki, I'm going to need you to stop, my friend. Baby, I need you to be quiet. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the famous yellow log, stop. or the yellow fog in London. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually air pollution. Yeah. Suck. No one wants to hear you bark. 
Not even I. <laughs> um, Thames was an open uh, sewer with untreated human waste, mm, and the yeah. contaminations of the drinking water led to epidemics of chloria, typhus, and typhoid fever. Just a whole shitty. shit. <laughs> shit. Shitty disaster. Yeah. Um, fostering children in the countryside worked for many years, in part because the mother often held a job nearby as a servant, which allowed her her both to know the nurse who cared for her child and visit the child often enough to observe its, its care. But from the mid-19th century on, industrialization and urbanization combined with stagnant, stagnant wages, we still have those, yeah. um, <laughs> to create a different type of fostering. Beginning in this period, advertisements looking for children to foster or quote-unquote adopt, as well as ads searching for a place for newborns, boomed. They were literally putting ads in newspapers and on, like, telephone poles of, like... Don't want your newborn? Give them to us. We'll take your newborn. Can't afford your newborn? <laughs> the Give other, them to us. The we'll take care of your own newborn, question mark. Stop! The other day, I heard on the radio... Um, the other day, I was uh, in the car, and I was listening to the radio, because, you know, sometimes you're driving with people that do not like to hook up their Bluetooth. And um, <laughs> and it was an ad for foster care, and it was like making it seem like a. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't. You don't need to be a perfect family to foster and whatever. And the ad literally was like talking about how he was trying to set up the room and like the fucking ceiling fan fell down, and he was like, "I put it in myself." And I was like, "We can tell." I was like, "Oh God, okay." But that's just it, because they're advertising for it now, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, like they, have a, they have commercials now. When I was up in Junction, they had, like, a commercial, and it was, like, trying to encourage people to, like, donate to foster care or, like, open up their homes. And I'm assuming that's because, like, we have a substantial amount of fucking children in the system without homes. Yeah. So pro-life that my Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I second that. Fuck you. Um, because the countryside was universally regarded as healthier, more mothers preferred nurses whose homes were in the countryside. At the same time, the mothers preferred to work in the city where wages were higher and the opportunities for work were more plentiful. If I were a prostitute, I'd work in the city, too. <laughs> anyway, as a result, more and more women placed their children in villages and towns that were some distance from their place of work. Thus, complete strangers cared for children in villages and small towns with little oversight by the mothers. That gives, that gives me, like, uh, bad bad vibes. As it should. The form of payment also changed. While some nurses continued to ask for weekly sum from the mother to cover food, clothing, and expenses, others demanded a lump sum as payment for the child's care. <laughs> is that not... Is that not... Get your spidey senses tingling? The lump sum, sometimes 5 or 10 pounds, which then was 5 or 10 pounds, but now is more about twelve to 1,400 euros. Okay. was paid up front. The dangers of such an arrangement are obvious, but a young woman with, illeg- with an illegitimate child was often desperate for to a place the, to place the child and return to work. Those who asked for lump sums sometimes used the term adoption to justify their demands and clarify their relationship to the child. Since adoption was completely unregulated during this period, the informal setup came under no scrutiny. Newborns were frequently sent away from their mothers as soon as the mothers could literally get out of bed. 
These infants missed out on breastfeeding, so they were bottle-fed cow's milk, sugar water, and less-than-ideal liquids, specifically devised from feeding formulas that mimic the nutritional value of breast milk, were not invented until the 20th... Oh my god, I read that as 12th... 20th century. Poor diets undoubtedly contributed to the morality rate. Yeah. And many of these newborns were... um, of many of the newborns placed with these nurses. Sometimes the weekly pay- payment was simply not enough to feed the child. And those children who survived, like the children of the poor everywhere, were weakened by malnutrition, and thus they were the first to die when they caught the measles, smallpox, or any common diseases. Um, medicine was yet another cost to the poor, cost that the poor, whether caring for their own children or children or other children, could not afford. Even when a nurse was well-intentioned, the, chi- the child had a poor chance of living to adulthood. I'm so glad I, like, don't live in that era. Like, for, for one, like, I just think I would probably die. You probably would die. I probably would have died. I would have died. You probably would have had, like, 25 kids and... Syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I'm sorry. You the one that said I was going to have 25 kids. Hey, if girl. I have 25 kids, I'm probably dying of syphilis. Or childbirth. Or childbirth. The broken pelvis, because they started using saws. That's how the chainsaw to, became invented. To be honest, I would be so terrified um, to have a baby back in these times. I think I would be absolutely fine with being like the old hag. I would be so fine with children's being like, she never had children because she's Baba Yaga. Yeah, but you also that. have to think, like, that also includes, like, not having sex. That's, that's fine. <laughs> just being... Handles on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but not all the nurses were well-intentioned. <laughs> Some simply allowed the children under their care to die of neglect, starving them or willfully feeding them as little as possible to save out on expenses. The most notorious cases, however, involved female farmers who took in infants with the express intention of murdering them once the payment was made. In some of these cases, the co-signing parent understood that the infant was to be, quote-unquote, disposed of. But in the most, the mother genuinely believed that that she was placing her child with a caring nurse. Let's, Let's get into Margaret Walters. I've heard of this bitch. She was the infamous baby farmer. Yeah, they they had um. There used to be like deadly women. Mm-hmm. You remember that TV show? Mm-hmm. She was on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she wasn't on it. They did reenactments, but you get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm putting out. She was an English murderess mm-hmm. who was hung by executioner William Calcraft on October 11th, 1870. I wish I was hung by an executioner. At Horsemung Langle, <laughs> also known as Surrey, Cow- Surrey County Gowl, mm, I butchered that, in London. Mm-hmm. Walters bo- was born in 1835 and lived in Brixton. She was known for baby farming, and she turned to baby farming in 1864 after the death of her husband in order to make ends meet. She started advertising in the Clerkenwell News for babies to to quote-unquote adopt for the sum of 10 euros or 1,299 euros. And I don't know what the fuck they call their cents, but there was 33 of them. (laughs) I love you. But that's also $1,780.86 in In US US dollars. 
she supposedly passed them on to foster homes who advertised for babies to adopt for a fee in the local papers, and then she would pocket the difference. Yeah. So if they say, like, you're a foster family. Mm-hmm. I'm Margaret Walters. Okay. I'm charging 10 to take in the baby. You're only charging 5 Right. So then I get paid the 5 Er. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm you're Margaret Walters. Yes. I'm the foster. Margaret Walters is getting paid ten. The foster family is only making five, so she's pocketing five while giving five. Is that is that? No, what she would be yeah. she'd be getting fifteen. Oh, she'd be getting okay because so they would be paying so her she's pocketing ten dollars, ten whatever. Yeah, give or take. We probably fucked that up. I don't care. She soon found it more profitable to dispose of the babies in her care. Okay. I like how Gabe's listening. Uh, Gabe's listening and he's like, yeah, here's my two cents. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Gabe. It was far easier to drug the babies with opiates and then suppress their appetite, leaving them to slowly starve. Five babies were to die in her care of diarrhea, wasting, and convulsions. I'm really not trying to laugh. It's just Gabe making comments from the couch and I'm dying. (laughs) Margaret is suspected of murdering up to 19 infants. God damn. But only five were, like, confirmed. That's so sad. Yeah. Margaret would then wrap their frail bodies in brown paper before dumping them on the streets. And you might think, like, wow, who the fuck wouldn't notice that? But you also have to think this is a very common sight in Victorian Britain. Because it was so expensive to bury people. That that's just what they had to do. And also, I, I kind of, like, think, like, okay, these babies probably weighed, like, what, four or five pounds? <laughs> they couldn't be, like, a, a quote-unquote normal, normal birth, weight, birth, birth weight, weight of, like, eight yeah. pounds now. Yeah. So, I, I'm sure they'd be so tiny that, like, wrapped up in a newspaper, I... You'd think it's a fucking rat. Yeah. Or, or like, a dog or something. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to compare a baby to an animal, but, like... I, I don't know if people would really think that it was, oh, that's it, a baby. Yeah. Eventually, Margaret was arrested and tried for the welfare murder of John Walter Cohen, the illegitimate son of 16-year-old Janet Tassie Cohen. The arresting police officer wrote his findings at Margaret's house. <laughs> this part's sad. Some half-dozen little infants lay together on a sofa, filthy, starving, and stupefied by laudanum? Laudanum? What's that drug? Yeah, sure. Okay, loud enough. Margaret Walters may have been the first to hang for baby farming, but she certainly wasn't the last. Mm. And we'll get into her after that. This is a post from The Guardian on October 12, 1870. This is a day after she was hung. Margaret Walters, the baby farmer, was executed yesterday morning at 9 o'clock within the walls of Horsemonger Lane Prison. The prisoner appears to have conducted herself remarkably well since her conviction. On Monday night, she requested to be allowed to write a statement of her case, which she desired to be published after her death. She said she pled guilty to obtain money by false pretenses and admitted that she had laid down the dead bodies of five infants. But she declared that all they died of they all died of convulsions or diarrhea. She said she perfectly understood why this case had been quote unquote got up. And she considered all the parents of the illegitimate children who wanted to get rid of them by any moans were more to blame than persons like herself. Also, I know that probably meant means, but I'm just reading it strictly how it said it in the... Yeah, it probably meant, like, means. Yeah. If there were no parents of this class, there would be no baby farmers. 
She did not betray any emotions while being pinned and appeared to have recovered all the firmness that characterized her during the trial. After the rope had been adjusted, she, in a calm and composed tone, uttered what she was described by those who heard it, a beautiful extra more prayer. Though most of the spectators were, were, were more or less in inured to the scene of horror several were visibly affected one kneeling on the bare ground and another leaning overcome with emotions against the prison wall at last she said to the chaplain mr jessup do you think i am saved a whispered reply from the clergyman conveyed his answer to the momentous question all left the scaffolding except the convict or the convicts the convict (laughs) the bolt was withdrawn and almost without a struggle margaret walters ceased to exist Nothing could exceed the calmness and propriety of her demeanor, and this, the chaplain informed us, had been the case throughout since her con- con- condom. Mm. Will you say that word, please? I'm di- I'm dyslexic. Condemnation. Com- Condemnation. Con- 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 condemnation. Condemnation. Why the fuck was that so hard? I don't know. <laughs> she had been visited on one occasion by a Baptist minister, who who to whose persuasion she belonged, but had. But ho no, but ho had. That's what it says. Ho had, at her own request, forbore to repeat his visit. The prison said ho was evidently unused to cases like hers. That's what it says. And his ministration rather distracted than confirmed her. I think it kind of. I think it's kind of funny that a chaplain has the name ho. <laughs> anyway, the chaplain has of the chaplain of the gal has been unremitting in his attentions and seemingly with happy effect, though she consistently persisted in saying she was not a murderess in intent, she was yet brought to see her past conduct in its true light. And on Saturday, the last receiving, the last received the Holy Communion in her cell with one of her brothers. On Thursday, Dr. Edmonds of Frizzoy Square communicated with the Dialectal Society a voluminous statement of the woman who said that her husband left her with 300 euro and that she had done her best to earn an honest living by means of it, but that she had gradually sunk into a state of chronic, yep, impeccancity, 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 and debt. At (laughs) first she had received, at first she had received women to be confined and then the undertaking of the care of the children. She thus had at one time four children in her care. She never advertised at this time, but finding herself steadily going downhill, she began baby farming as a business. She advertised for children and she had answers from persons in all stations. She drifted along in this course, getting from bad to worse. But she protested that she had no idea of injuring the children, though she did some things that were she was very sorry for, owing to the, owing to the dis- difficulties of her position. At length, she entered upon another branch of the profession. She took the Clerkwell News, and there she used to find a whole string of advertisements from women who wanted children to nurse. She advertised herself for child, children to adopt, and she generally got 10 euro with one. When she got the child and the money, she went to one of the other advertisers and arranged to put the baby out to, out to nurse. Upon paying two weeks in advance, she was hardly ever asked even for her address, and when she went away, of course, she never heard anything more of the child. She gained the difference between the 10 euro given, given her for adopting the child and Fortnite's payment for nursing it. This was, all out, this was after all, only very precarious resource. She fell in great duress, and she went to a money lender. 
and borrowed 28 euro from him on her furniture. She, he deducted 14 euro of the 28 for expenses and made her pay um, 2 euros a month. Oh my god, until the whole 28 euro was paid. Whenever she was a few days behind in paying one of the installments, he threatened to seize all her things, and he only desisted upon being paid tens by way of fine. The installments... Oh, my God. When the 28 euro was paid back in this way, she was so re, she was so reduced that she was ob obliged to get another loan from the moneylender on the same terms. All this took place while at Bournemouth Trace, and at this time, the children were as well attended to as she could manage it, and a medical man was always called in when they fell sick. When they died, they were buried, buried properly, and she had the undertaker's receipts. Afterward, her poverty suggested that suggested to her that she might dispense with this charge when they died and even that she might get rid of the living. She took one of them at a time into the streets and when she saw the little boys and girls at play, she called them and said, Oh, I am so tired. Here, hold my baby. And here's a sixpence for you to go off to the sweets tough shop and got, get something nice. When the boy or girl went into the shop, she made off. The babies she believes were generally taken to the workhouse. On one occasion, the boy to whom she gave one of gave one was served so quick that he came out again before she had time to get away. She therefore stepped into an oyster shop, ordered some oysters, saw the boy looking up and down with the baby in his arms, and when she did not and when he did not see her, he began to cry. Some people gathered and a policeman came up to whom the boy showed the baby. The policeman then walked away with the boy and she left the oyster shop and got off safe. Some of the persons who gave her the children for adoption were evidently well off. These babies were very well dressed. She would have she used to have appointments often to meet parties at railroad stations and a gentleman accompanied by a nurse would give her the child. Sometimes the children were given with her within an hour after they were born. In less time in fact, and before they were even dressed. One of the children found by the police at Brixton had been given her given to her only two days before, and she got 20 euro with it. And the people that gave it promised her any sum if, if, only, if she only took good care of it. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, she sounds like she's just really shitty with money, too. I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah. But, like, she sounds like she's really, like, like really bad with, like, money. Yeah. And also, like, fuck my shit. I don't give a fuck about my shit. When you have a certain amount of kids in your home, like, you have to, like, make suitable needs to take care of them. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Walter's trial and conviction inspired several members of Parliament to put forward the Infant Life Protection Act of 1872. This act attempted to protect the most vulnerable children in England, illegitimate infants who were farmed out to strangers to be raised or all too often planted in their graves. Can you imagine how many kids probably died? So many. During this time? And, and like, like, honestly... From baby farming, I mean, not... Oh, so many. Not just because of, like, natural causes and whatnot. So but like, many, but honestly, we will never know the amount because... Oh, no, they're <laughs> on marked graves. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're gonna be <laughs> so now we're gonna talk about the girl that was hung last okay for baby farming okay this is the Cardiff killer Rhoda Willis also known as Leslie James okay she's born in 1867 in um 
Sutherland, and she was the last convicted baby farmer to be hung in Wales at Cardiff Prison on August 14th, 1907, or her 40th birthday, or her 44th birthday. Rhoda had placed an advert, advert in the evening press, married couple and Christian people looking for baby to adopt. That's a red flag. <laughs> Sorry. Married couple and Christian. <laughs> the, and the advertisement was answered by Lydia English. Lydia's sister, May Maud Treasure, yep. was already an unmarried mother and now had another baby on the way. So she a whore. So, so she got syphilis. So she got the syph. <laughs> she was desperate. She got that. I hate you. She was desperate. The sisters agreed with Rhoda or Mrs. James, as they knew her, that she would take the baby as soon as it was born and give it a comfortable life, something Mode could not. Baby... <coughs> excuse me. Baby Treasure. I hate that name. Baby Treasure, I'm gonna, if I ever have kids, I'm going to name them everything that you hate. Treasure, coconut. <laughs> okay. Cow. Cow. Is that what you said? Cow? Yeah, but I'm. I'm gonna nickname any kid cow now from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Treasure was born on June third, nineteen oh seven, and a. Telegram was duly sent to Mrs. James, who met the sisters at Hengood Station on June 4th. Baby Treasure and the prearranged 8 euro adoption fee were handed over, and Rhoda wrote them a receipt. Mm-hmm. I bet the other receipt was like literally like on like cigar paper. <laughs> and it's like, you paid 8 euro on the newspaper for Rhoda, uh, to Rhoda uh, for on, on the newspaper, just be like, paid for, <laughs> handed over. Paid for. <laughs> on the birth certificate? Yeah, <laughs> paid for. <laughs> Do they have birth certificates? Probably not. <laughs> stamp the baby's forehead. Paid for. <laughs> Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. <laughs> Later that day, Rhoda arrived back at her lodgings at Portmore Road, Cadriff. Much the worse for drink. I don't know what that means, but that's what it said. So I was you like, said much, much the worse for drink. Yeah, I would assume that like it was like you some, need to drink when you get there. Yeah, or it was like a fucking shithole. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, um, it was upon it was I upon need helping any time I get anywhere. But yeah, <laughs> it was upon helping her to bed that her landlady, Mrs. Wilson, discovered a bundle at the foot of the bed, which she described in her word as feeling like meat. The bundle was open and revealed the twisted and lifeless naked body of a female infant. Mrs. Wolfson sent for the Reese. Oh my God! I combined Rhoda and the police. Mrs. Wilson sent for the police, and Rhoda was arrested and charged with murder. An examination found that the child had been dead between 12 and 24 hours and had died of asphyxiation, possibly from smothering under a thick clothing or more than any, with more than ordinary pressure applied. I'm sorry. Do you? commonly put something over a child's face and cause just normal pressure? I mean, I don't know what it was like to live back in these days, but I I, I would assume, like, <laughs> your first thought was like, hmm, uh, may, may, maybe don't. Could you imagine CPS back then? They didn't have CPS. No, I know, then. but could you imagine, like, time traveler and, like, taking a CPS caseworker from now, now and, and sending them bitches back? back. 
There'd be so many kids in the system. I think it would be an absolute, like, there'd be too many kids into the system. And, like, the problem is, is I don't think that they've had, like, a substantial, like, government at that time to where they're like, who's going to pay for all those kids in the system? But, I mean, you also have to think, like, this is 1907. Yeah. I mean, like, they had to have had a government. They have a government. No, shit, they have parliament. It's, It's Britain, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, like... You gonna, you gonna ask the queen to pay for them babies? I'm sure she'll laugh in your face. That's how I feel going and asking for money any time of the week at my job. <laughs> I just Queen Elizabeth. That's bad. I just I didn't no problem now. Like I'll just slap that bitch on the desk and be like, I need monies. I know. I have my um from traveling. I have my uh, traveling expenses thing, and I'm like. Oh, thanks for reminding me. I need to do that. It took the jury only 12 minutes to find Leslie James guilty of Wilford murder. I would assume so. Yet she continued to protest her innocence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was until the evening before her execution when she confessed to the solicitor, Mr. Lloyd, that not only was her real name Rhoda Willis, but that, in quote... I wish to tell you that I cannot go to my death with that clear conscience without telling you. I willfully killed the child. I killed it in the train between Linish and Cardiff. Literally, she didn't even get home Yikes. before killing this child. How the fuck did no one on the train just be like, that woman's smothering a baby? Like, who knows? Who cares? It's London. Like, uh, s- still. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I particularly... Uh, a sudden temptation came over me, and I could not resist it. I particularly want those who tried me, especially the judge, to know that I was quite guilty, as I should not like to die with any possible chance of them thinking that I was innocent. It has been to gr- a great comfort to me to tell you this, and now I can die with a clear conscience. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a whole hell of a lot. It's a lot. I just feel bad for, like, I don't know. That's hard. That, that's hard, like. Yeah. Especially, like, what do those babies ever do? And I'm sure, like, there's no contraceptive. Like, it's kind of like a free-for-all back then. And, like, certain people have certain needs. That's understandable. But, like, also... Yeah. So, this is a memo reported on an ongoing investigation by the U.S. Child's Bureau of the Sunshine Nursery in Kensington, Maryland. Okay. This is a memoranda from Mrs. Lathrop. Lathrop. Miss Emery called yesterday morning and I and was here for three hours. She spoke of Miss Washington's place being quite dreadful, and I asked her to be specific and wrote down her statement and read them back to her. They are as follows. Screens adequate, many flies. Most of the baby's beds were built with screens, however. One little child was tied in bed. So I'm just thinking, like, as of now, like, sitting in red team. And for those <laughs> who don't know what fucking red team is... It's like when you put in a referral to, like, any department across the United States, they all have to sit down, like, as a team, as a unit, and review the the statement. And whether or not it gets screened screened in. in Screened out or, like, what to do with it. They Mm -hmm. all, like, sit there, and they it's not a one-person decision. It's a whole unit. Unit. 
yeah, now that you think of it, now that you're saying it, I really feel like our supervisor yeah, sitting at the here. table being like, one little child was tied in bed. <laughs> a filthy rug was noticed by Miss Emery on a bed. Mm-hmm. She lifted it and found a baby beneath it. The housekeeper said the rug had been put there because the baby would not sleep in the light. So we have, obviously, abuse, neglect, environmental, like, concerns. This is an immediate. Like, I would stop them right here and be like, we got to go. Go. Jonathan, go. Get out there. (laughs) While Miss Emery was at this nursery from 1 to 5 o'clock on Monday, July 15th, she said only one pillow was changed. And this is a... Are you serious? This is a nursery. This isn't, like, no, a foster home. No. Like, this is, like, daycare. Yeah. Yeah. The nose and mouth of one child was covered with a mass of flies. Oh, no. The children... Yeah. Yeah. The children had no playthings. An uncovered slop jar on the porch afforded the only toilet faculty or facility for the children. Miss Emery asked for water for the little girl in whom she interested, and the housekeeper said, we do not give water because water poisons the children. Miss Emery said she picked up the little girl, Catherine, in whom she's interested in, and her legs were numb. She said this child, she said this little child, 15 months old, was chafed and bruised as though it had been whipped. Miss Emery told the housekeeper that the little girl needed a bath, and the housekeeper said she did not. Miss Emery asked for water to bathe, and the child and the housekeeper, for the child and the housekeeper refused to give it to her, saying that all their water had to be heated in a kettle. The little girl and Miss Emery was interested was given a cup of milk to drink. Miss Emery noticed that the milk was cold, just off the ice, and asked for it to be heated. The tin cup was put upon the stove, and a few minutes later, the housekeeper gave it to the child and burned the child's lips with it. Oh, baby, that poor child! My God. Yeah. Um, so here are some examples of conditions that were found in the home. They uh, they were on the south side. A home was, was found which an unlicensed maternity hospital, a disorderly house, and a baby farm combined. Could you fucking imagine walking into that situation? I, I think I would literally look around and be like, I, I gotta call the cops. Like, I, yeah. I gotta get back up in here, like. Yeah. The, the, the fuck? Yeah. The woman who operated this homemade especially homemade especially of taking in unfortunate girls for maternity cases, she then made them inmates oh. and charged them for the board of their children or she would dispose of the children for the sum of $25 or more. Huh. A warrant was taken out for this woman and she was tried and convicted. Good. Fuck that bitch. Sorry. Not sorry. I'm not sorry. Okay, so this is a more current case. It's not in the U.S. or anything, um, but this was in 2019. Okay. So this is directly off of um, the Vox or the, the the New Daily. Okay. Um, abandoned by her husband with a young son to feed, Lynn. This is not her real name. Was desperate. Her family was in a remote Vietnamese village and had never had much money. And after a very difficult marriage to a local man ended in divorce, Lynn fell deeper into poverty. She needed a way out. So when an older woman approached her on social media, she was relieved to have a companion. After one month of exchanging messages online, the woman offered her a job in China. You just got catfished. As a single, this is what Lynn said, as a single mother, I was desperate to earn money and to look after my son and family. 
I was really confident that the job opportunity was legitimate. Mm-mm. Lynn was 21 years old when she was taken to China to begin her new job. Bundled into the vehicle driven by strangers, she spent hours bumping along more than 1,200 kilometers of winding rural roads through rugged mountains over the Chinese border. When the vehicle finally stopped outside an apartment building, Lynn realized she had been tricked. She was locked inside a room packed with a group of pregnant Vietnamese women. Most had been tricked in the same way I had, Lynn said. All had been raped for the purpose of becoming pregnant. Lynn said none of the women knew what would happen to them after they had given birth. All that they knew was that their babies would be taken from them and sold. I didn't know at the time, but I know now that girl babies were being sold for $9,000 and the boys for $13,000. In China's patriarchal culture, most parents prefer to have sons over daughters because it's a lot easier for men to earn money than for the family. And like when a Chinese woman gets married, she moves in with her husband and his family. So she leaves her parents alone and they don't have anyone to take care of them. In extreme cases, uh, due to combination of government policy and cultural preference, the desire to bear a son is so strong that some parents deliberately kill their newborn girls until the mother eventually gives birth to a boy. Today, China's imbalance is notable. In a population of 1.4 billion, men outnumber women by about, take a guess, how much do you think? I'm not good with numbers. 34 million. Jesus. There are 34 million more men than women. During Lin's enslavement in China, she was impregnated via artificial insemination. Mm-hmm. I was kept locked inside a room while the traffickers waited for our babies to grow. There were some medical staff and gangster-type people who would care for us. They would let us have smartphones, but no SIM cards so we could play games and entertain ourselves. When Lin was six months pregnant, she figured out how to access a nearby Wi-Fi hotspot and sent a message to her family begging for help. Her family immediately notified the police in Vietnam, which connected them to Blue Dragons Children's Foundation, a charity funded by an Australian man named Michael Broski that (laughs) rescues Mm -hmm. Vietnamese sex slaves and children living in poverty. Mr. Broski told the New Daily his team had engineered hundreds of quote-unquote escapes plans that had saved more than 800 victims of human trafficking since 2005. Of those... 48% 48% were under 18. Isn't that so sad? Mm-hmm. Many were sold for a range of purposes, with more than 300 rescued from sweatshops in Ho Chi Minh City and 101 from gold mines, farms, and labor trafficking in Vietnam and China. So far, Blue Dragon has rescued more than 440 young women from forced marriage, sur- surrogacy, or brothels. Not long after Lynn was returned home to her family in Vietnam, she gave birth to a baby boy. But the trouble didn't stop there. When I, was res- when I was rescued, the traffickers started threatening my family and I a lot. They sent out a, bun- a bounty on me that said if anyone finds me, there will be a reward of 50 million dong, which is about $3,190. When you live in a rural, impoverished like area, I'm sure that... That's a sh- Shit ton of money for them. Yeah, that speaks volumes. A Chinese man managed to track down Lin's family, claiming it was his sperm that had impregnated her and her newborn son belonged to him. He said he had also been tricked by the sex traffickers and that he was very upset by the whole ordeal. Ms. Grabrowski said some of the men who had been caught up in the human trafficking rings were led to believe that the women had consented to being surrogates. 
the self-proclaimed sperm donor begged Lynn to hand over her baby and offered a decent sum of money, but she wouldn't accept it. Lynn said she knew she couldn't raise a newborn baby as well as her four-year-old son from, as well as her previous, as well as her son. I only wanted to do the best for the child, and I knew I couldn't raise the child on my own. I knew they would love him and take care of him, and the baby, the baby was three months old when I gave him to the quote-unquote father. Today, Lynn works in a shrimp processing factory where she still struggles to make ends meet, but manages to raise her four-year-old son. Again, Lynn is not her real name. Now, we are going into... Sorry, trying to find my years here. 2011. Nigerian police raided a baby farm where teenage mothers were forced to give up their newborns for sale to human traffickers. 32 pregnant girls were rescued from a maternity home run by a trafficking ring in the southern city of Aba. The girls, mostly of school age, were allegedly locked up at the Cross Foundation Clinic so they could produce babies to be sold for illegal adoption or used in ritual witchcraft. Bala Hassan, the Abia State Police Commissioner, said, We stormed the premises of the Cross Foundation in Abba three days ago following a report that pregnant girls ages aged between 15 and 17 are being made to make babies for the proprietor. They rescued 32 pregnant girls and arrested the pro- proprietor who was undergoing an interrogation over the allegations that he normally sells the babies to people who may use them for rituals or other purposes. Hassan added that four babies already sold in an alleged deal but not yet collected were also recovered in the raid. Estimates of the girls' age varied. Jeffrey Ogbana, another police spokesman, was quoted by CNN. There are about 30 pregnant young ladies. The eldest was 20 years old. Some belong in secondary, even primary school. A doctor arrested at the clinic said the babies had been handed over to social welfare for adoption. Yeah, so even the doctor was fucking in on it. Some of the rescued girls told the police that the hospital owner gave them $192 for newborn boys and $161 for newborn girls after they were sold. Um, Dr. Okaya is likely to face charges of child abuse and human trafficking. Buying or selling babies can carry a 14-year jail sentence. Which That's I, bullshit. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's it. That is absolute shit. Yeah. Um, Okraya reported reportedly a university grad, an employee of the IBS State Health Management Board, denied the allegations, claiming the home was a foundation to help teenagers with unwanted pregnancies. Human trafficking is ranked the third most common crime in Nigeria. And that's sad. At least 10 children are sold every day across the country. Traffickers are seldom caught. I think that one thing that needs to be like done more of is have security and, and I know like it needs to happen like not only in the United States but like globally we need to have like more precautions and like more just more things set up to like mitigate these like risk of selling children of selling women of like it, it, sex trafficking Human trafficking. Human trafficking all around. Like, it 
there needs to be more done to put an end to it. However, when you have political leaders who are possibly involved with doing all of that trafficking, it makes things really fucking hard. Looking at you, Prince Andrew. Anyway. Anyhow. 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 All right. So, this is in 2014, I believe. A cult leader known as, known as John of God was accused of running a sex slave farm and selling babies to the highest bidder on the black market. Mm. And this is in Brazil. Uh, Jao Texeria de Faro was arrested. That was so white of me saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm dyslexic, so I'm like, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> was arrested a week after over 600 allegations were made against him in what prosecutors say could be the worst serial crime case in Brazil's history. That's insane to me. The 77-year-old's renowned spiritual world crumbled in December. Excuse me. Jesus Christ, I almost threw up. Uh, crumbled in December after he was accused of sexually abusing a Dutch woman on live TV. The woman's claims... On live TV? On live TV. God damn. The woman's claims prompted over 600 similar allegations to rise from around the world from countless women, all of which he denied. Brazilian activist Sabina Bittencourt has now sensationally claimed the celebrity... The medium's... The celebrity medium ran a baby trafficking operation in which children were quote-unquote farmed in Brazil before being sold to childless couples around the world. Bittencourt's previous investigation led this to the spiritual leader's arrest. She claimed young girls were held captive in remote farms where they were forced to produce babies. She added that the women were murdered after 10 years of giving birth. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A video bit in court. In a video bit in court, whose organization Kome helps women report sexual assault by religious leaders, says she has spoken to women from at least three continents who claims that Brazilian who claim they brought Brazilian babies from the John of God for as much as fifty thousand dollars. I'm sorry, but if you buy a baby for $50,000, there's something wrong. There's something else going on. So, for people that can't have children, like, I, I, the, the foster care and adoptive, like, care system in the United States, it takes fucking forever. Yeah. For you to get certified and, ver- like, verified, you have to take classes, and there's, like, 160 hours of classes that you have to take. Like, they're in your shit. Like, yeah. they do not only extensive background checks, they need to know about your sex life. They need to know about, like, everything. How, were you abused? How were you abused? Did you go to therapy? Like, what does that entail? Yeah. Yeah, I understand it. But also, when you're not dealing with a legitimate organization. organization. I'm not paying 50000 I'm not paying, for No. For anything. For anything. Not even a fucking car. My car wasn't even that much. I, I wouldn't even be able to pay that much for a car. No, same. So, so, but, yeah. Yeah. So, she claims Faria would offer money to poor girls aged 14 to 18 and go and live in mineral mineral mines or farms he owns in the Brazilian states of Goiás and Minas Gerais. Mm-hmm. 
They there they would become sex slaves and be forced to get pregnant, and their babies would be sold to the highest builder bidder from other continents. In exchange for food, they were impregnated, and their babies were sold on the black market. Hundreds of girls were enslaved over years, lived on farms, and served as wombs served as wombs to get pregnant for their babies just to be sold. These girls were murdered after ten years, and they have numbers and numbers of testimonies. Yes, you do. We have received reports from the adopted mothers of the children that were sold between 20,000 and 50,000 in Europe, USA, and Australia, as well as testimony from ex-workers and local people who are tied, tired of being complicit with John, uh, John of God's gang. Um, the Brazilian healer became prominent, a prominent spiritual figure in 2010 when Oprah Winfrey fucking visited him and said she almost fainted during her blissful encounter. I hate Oprah. I, I don't know if you know that, but I can't stand Oprah. I can't stand Oprah either. <laughs> the only time I, like, enjoyed watching her was during the Harry and Meghan interview, but that's just because I was, like, I was lacking a little bit of drama in my life, and I needed just the, like, release. I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm so sorry, but, like, I'm gonna lose my shit right now. <laughs> Not over this podcast, but I'm gonna fucking lose my goddamn mind. Like, yes, you do. You have to... I'm sorry. <laughs> you have... Okay. Ah! Okay. After his arrest in December, however, Winfrey said in a statement, I empathize with the women now coming forward, and I hope justice is served. Well, thank you for that traumatizing thing. Yeah. Yeah. So before Taylor sets the house on fire, fucking set my head on fire. We're gonna go. Bye, bitches. Bye. We have we have a lot of things coming up, but um, in the meantime, don't baby farm. Yeah, don't baby farm, don't human traffic, don't sex traffic. And if you see something, say something. Yeah, like, even if it's, like, wrong, wrong, still say it. There's better chance, like, if you see child abuse, report it. Even if you don't know if it's child abuse, you do not know the amount of times we get in referrals that are mother, unknown, father, unknown, child, unknown, (laughs) place, unknown, Walmart, (laughs) Walmart, children running in street, like, As, 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 like, quote-unquote annoying as it is, it's still, still important. Still report, because even if it takes... 20. 20 no, five reports. Three reports. That one family. Yep. They, they, people kept reporting, and I eventually found them. Yep. So... And we got those kids out of a rough situation. situation. So, have the right answers. For once. Please. Anyway. <laughs>